You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. It's good to be here again for you talking about sales principles that actually do help you find the right woman. I have an interview today with someone very different than someone I would interview here on the podcast. But I think you're going to get the idea when I say that it is related. Okay, So I'm interviewing Jason Campbell. Jason Campbell is someone who works with men and women to help them with their sales. And if you know anything about sales, sales and the study of sales is talking about really the study of persuasion. And if you didn't know that, that persuasion is also something that you are doing when you're going out and you're meeting a woman. You are persuading them to like you. I know that sounds funny. It sounds like you're convincing, but that's not what really persuading is. I don't think, in my opinion, persuasion and convincing are synonymous. So here's the definition of persuasion. Causing someone to do something through reasoning or argument. Okay, that's one thing. Causing someone to believe something, especially after a sustained effort. Okay, so basically what we're talking about here is you're getting someone to change their mind on something. So the definition of persuasion is the action or fact of persuading someone or being persuaded to do or believe something. So they don't know anything about you when you first meet them, but now you're going to help them believe and understand through your presence that you are an awesome and attractive person. And then with sales, it's about getting them to understand that you are selling something that's very beneficial to them, that that's going to help them. Okay, so same idea here. So we have Jason here on the podcast. And what he's going to be doing is going over five of his principles that actually help with selling, but they're identical to dating and meeting women. I'm talking identical. There's no... There's not even a stretch here. Like we're going through each principle. We're not finding any like, ah, that one's a little bit of a stretch. Like, no, it is identical to helping you meet women. So he's going to be going over them today. And in that moment, we are going to be saying how it works also with finding the right woman. So we are talking about persuasion in a sense, but it's a little bit going to be more about how you were going to start the dating process by finding the right person and by understanding why you're doing it in the first place. Powerful principles from a very successful man. And I can't wait for you to just go through this whole episode and maybe even have some revelations. Maybe I'm selling it right now, but I should be because it's awesome. So you're going to get into that in just a moment here. I just want to give a quick update for people who are interested in asking their questions on the podcast. Please email me, trip at tripadvice.com. Put in the subject line podcast question. I'm really enjoying these Q&As lately, and I just want to have a whole bunch of them here so I can answer your questions and help you out. So that's for the Q&A episodes that I do, and guys have seemed to really like them, which is great. They like them, you like them, I like them. So let's do more of them. Email me, trip at tripadvice.com with your story, your situation. Let me help you. If you need more help and you feel that right now, as you're going through this process, it's just been really difficult and the podcast episodes or the YouTube channel that you might be going through or anyone else's information you might be going through is a little overwhelming, let me just whelm you. (laughs) Let's get you to the whelm state instead of the overwhelm state. I want you to check out my course called Hooked. It's a video course that teaches you everything 
about attracting women, even talks about persuasion in there because that's what we're talking about. So talking about attracting women and a whole course on how to do so and how to do it with your behavior, your personality, but also telling you how to be the most attractive person inside and out and exactly what women are looking for. So if any of these episodes have helped you, then imagine how much this course is going to help you. Look, I'm persuading right now. I guess I'm selling right now. It's so meta. It's all happening right here in the moment. Anyway, check out my course. It's called Hooked. It is going to make sure you understand exactly what to do when you meet women out and about and understand how to attract them on first dates and how to create the relationship you want. It's called Hooked because you're getting her hooked on you and you get to figure out the type of relationship you want with them and then maneuver that in the way that you desire. What's cool is this episode today with this interview is about that. It is about figuring out what is the best relationship for you. And my course Hooked teaches you how to get that depending on what you're looking for. Maybe it's casual relationships. Maybe it's a longer, committed, monogamous relationship. Whatever you're looking for, it's inside of Hooked. Check it out at getterhooked.com. And in the meantime, let's do it. Let's talk to Jason about the five sales principles helping you find the right woman. Here it is. What's going on, Jason? Good to have you on the podcast. How's it going? Hey, Trip. Good to see you. I'm doing fantastic. As as I was mentioning just at the start, is uh, I was able to escape uh, Canada uh, and live in Bali, Indonesia, uh, for the start of this pandemic. And I don't see any reason to leave. So I'm doing very well. That's great. When did you get to Bali? It was actually in uh, February 2020. And there's actually an interesting story, which is maybe tapping into a part of the intelligence that men typically don't have, which is I'm with my partner and we had just spent six months in uh, Miami. And then we moved back to Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, and I was working for a company based there. So I get to Kuala Lumpur. I'm like, yeah, I need to be close to my colleagues to do my work. Now I'd done a bit of remote work. So I had trained to be capable of remote work. Now I come back to the office. I'm like, maybe I should be in the office and do some work. And for her, she's feeling uneasy in Malaysia. And she's like, something doesn't feel right. She's saying it's intuitively not right. And of course, me as a man, I'm just like, intuition? Like, no, no, this, this is what makes sense. And so she decides intuitively to pull a card because she felt Bali was calling her. So she pulls a card from her Oracle card deck and it says, a new life. And so the next day, okay. she books a plane ticket. She's like, you can stay here, but I'm going to Bali and you can figure out what you want. And I'm like, oh my God, like okay, no, I guess I can come in a few weeks or at least I'll come in the middle of March or something. 10 days in, she messages me and she's like, you should be in Bali. It's amazing here. And we already know how to work remotely. So why aren't you here? I'm like, good point. So I moved to Bali and get this, if I wouldn't have listened to her, if she wouldn't have went through her intuitive calling, we would have been stuck in Kuala Lumpur where it was the most hardcore lockdown where apparently there were military people outside buildings not letting you leave unless you were showing that you were going to do groceries. And... Here in Whoa. Bali, things have been amazing. So sometimes you have to trust the things, even if it doesn't make sense logically, and just follow whatever intuition is coming from our partner. <laughs> damn, damn, very interesting. Well, you ended up in a good place, it sounds. And like I said, I've been to Bali a few times, so very familiar with it. And I can't wait to, to go back. And it just seems so amazing there. So I actually just interviewed a couple months ago a woman named Tessa Mack. She, do you know who she is? I do know who she is. 
Okay. I mean, it's probably small over there. How did you, how do you know her? Well, there was a dinner party uh, that happened. This was probably a year ago from now. And everybody was there for a birthday and she was one of the guests there. I believe she was one of the roommates of that house. So mm-hmm. I ended up going there. We ended up all being introduced. I haven't seen her in a year, but I am aware of who she is. Okay. Okay. I had a feeling you might just because people, well, I don't know. It's a small it's, it's world small here in there. Bali. It's small. <laughs> but anyway, Tessa, for those of you listening, Tessa does mock first dates. So I interviewed her and we talked about how she helps guys and does dates with them to help them on dates. Mm. But anyway, we're not talking about first dates here. We're not talking about Bali. We're talking about this idea of selling yourself. Mm. And so you've come up with this concept called selling with love, which is very interesting because selling usually comes in the form of like, Way more hardcore terms than love. You know, get the sale, kill it, murder it. You know, all these uh, more intense terms. But you're this sell with love kind of guy here. So, mm. what's that all about? How did you get into that? Yeah, it was, it was very interesting. So, I think well, first off, I started being very passionate about sales from the beginning. Like most people who look at sales, like you said, see this as like, oh, it's like, go and get it, destroy, conquer. These are the kinds of words you would use for a sales team, right? And I have to be honest, like I've been through that as well. And it's, it's fascinating because there is some level of effectiveness when you operate from that place. But there's also a lot of consequences I've noticed. Like you don't feel like you're doing good. Uh, there's a lot of tendencies to find yourself into addictive patterns, whether that's alcohol, drugs, sex, if you notice anybody who's hardcore in the sales and doing it from a place of like pride or they, they, they just want to conquer the customer, there's usually some negative habits that are associated with it. And I've noticed that in myself too. I was like, wow, when I'm selling, quote unquote, like an a-hole, I don't feel good. There's something weird, but you kind of numb it. You're like, ah, whatever. At least I'm making money. And you start to brush it off. And I was talking with Yannick Silver. He's a man who's a, who was a big online marketer back in the early 2000s, maybe around the 2010s. And at some point, he had a big switch. He started realizing that it's not about the Aston Martin. It's not about the Rolex, which he had both, and realized it didn't give him that kind of fulfillment. He started having things that are more related to the impact he wants to make in the world. So when I started the concept of selling with love, I was trying to understand why is it that when I'm behaving like a person who doesn't care, I seem to be getting results. You'll notice how there's going to be a parallel to the dating world too. It's huge. Right? Yep. And then you're like, you know what? I'm going to be the person who cares. And so you become that person who overthinks. And now you become, I guess in the term would be, you become very beta or you become very like not attractive to the opposite sex if you're trying to do all the things quote unquote right. So in the process of writing a book on the topic, I realized there's four emotions that you can approach sales with. And I've also noticed that it's the same type of ways you can approach dating and they bring very similar results in the process. And this whole idea okay, of selling I'd love with to hear love. this. Yeah, the whole idea of selling with love is that guess what? There is a way you can sell aggressively, confidently, without necessarily being an a-hole. And it can work even better than those a-holes. And so when I discovered this, I wanted to really give a blueprint for people on how they can do the same. And for those of those who are listening here, will realize that you can apply the same kind of methodology when it comes to approaching women, dating women, and staying with women, which I think is one that's often forgotten. Yeah, it is often forgotten. People think once you get the girl, the work is over. It's, it's almost like the same <laughs> idea. It's like once you make the sale, no, the work, the work just begins. Exactly. Right? Exactly. 
But what's, cool. what's fun is that, you know, if you've never gotten the sale, then you can't be aware of what needs to happen to manage the account if we want to use the sales terms. Yet, um, sure. you know, a lot of the books are going to work on, on kind of going over those blocks first. And I'm sure for your audience, for me, one of the first books that really got me out of, you know, being kind of a shame or guilty or kind of repressed when it comes to the way I would sell, or I'd say more in the dating space was the game. You know, I, I know a lot of your audience is probably familiar with Neil Strauss. So am I. And you know, reading the game was a game changer for people who were at a place where they were not confident, they weren't aware. But I feel like it only gets you so far. And in sales, a lot of people will pick up a book like Seller Be Sold or The Closer's Survival Guide or will follow these authorities <laughs> that will give you these ways of selling that are like, you got to crush it, conquer it. Everyone out there is a gazelle. You are a beast and you got to hunt and kill. And it gets you at least to a point of considering that, wow, there's a lot of power out of knowing these techniques or processes to sell. Just yeah. like in dating, there's a lot of power in knowing the ways to seduce, to have a conversation, to appear confident. But there's a missing element of work that can be done. And luckily, uh, I have a few ideas that will be able to share with your audience. This is this is great. The whole intense selling reminds me of Wolf on Wall Street. Mm -hmm. You know that that whole scene where Leo is teaching the guys how to sell, and he's selling in such an intense way, like he's on speaker with the potential with the lead, the potential sale, and he's flicking the guy off, and everyone's laughing, and it's just like he doesn't give a shit about the guy. Mm -hmm. And uh, well, if you watch the movie, you'll, you'll know where that ends up. Not in a good place. Well, it's funny you bring that because I just did a sales training last week and I play that clip specifically in the beginning of my presentation. Oh, that's great. And I ask people like, how does this make you feel? Some people, most of the people, given that I have a more female audience are like, this is disgusting. There's a couple that are like, oh my God, it's so cool, right? And our culture is kind of weird. We, like, we love Leonardo DiCaprio in that movie. He's the protagonist yet the whole thing is a scam like there's even instagram pages where they show clips from wolf of wall street and they're like learn to close will make you like and, and they're giving you like these quotes of inspiration you're like hold up a minute you're talking about how to become a scammer here is going to be the secret to unlocking what you want in life that's not real and that's not good that if, if a, everybody starts becoming hey i'll become a sales scammer so i can get what i want in life we're not going to have a really good planet here <laughs> Right. It's just not sustainable either, right? It's like you you can't go that long. And you know, at the end of the of the day, also you can be an amazing and this is also related to to dating, right? You can sell and be really good at selling, but if you can't fulfill what it is that you're selling, you won't last. So it's like kind of like pickup techniques like the game. Mm -hmm. So all that stuff is like, okay, it's it's really great selling techniques. Because it all works. It does. It works. If you know how to use it, all the, the, that's the whole reason the game was even written. Because that stuff works. However, even if you do it, how are you going to fulfill that when you're with a woman who you perceive to be high quality? Now she's with uh, not the same person she thinks that she's with. Because you're selling something that's false. Mm. And you're just using these sales techniques or manipulation. The same thing is like if you sell a bad service or a bad product. Eventually, they have to get the service or the product. So they're going to find out that it's crap or it's a scam and then you're screwed, right? So 
And and I love that you, you take go. a perspective where it's like, hey, you won't if you can't fulfill for the client, you know, the client won't be around, they won't be happy if you find that top shelf ideal partner and you can't keep them because you've you've not done the inner work. Put aside the fulfillment that the other person is being dis, you know disappointed. We can even talk about our own fulfillment. Like there's it's not by chance that a man who wrote a book about the game also wrote a book about the truth to realize that as they're going out using these techniques picking up any girl they want, being able to sleep with a bunch of girls, realizing that there's a certain emptiness and a constant search that there's something wrong because you're operating from that place. And so this might feel strange for anybody listening in just saying like, what? how could someone be able to pick up any girl and you know, be on Tinder, swipe, 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 get matches, go on dates, being able to score and realizing that that's not the ideal life, that there's disappointment, there's an emptiness, there's a sense that it will never satisfy you. How is that even possible? But I, I promise, I mean, if you have the people that have been the top of their game are also trying to make changes is because it's, there's something wrong at the foundation of it. And to me, I believe it's just all about, you know, <laughs> the Beatles say it, all you need is love, but at least we didn't get an instruction manual on how to apply it. And I'm hoping I can give a few things that will be able to be applicable for anybody who's out there. Totally. And I can't wait to hear it. I'll mention one of the reasons why you feel this emptiness, what I've discovered is the reason why guys feel that way is because even though they might get women initially interested in them using these techniques and, and these pickup artist techniques, what happens is they realize, wow, all these women don't really like me. They're not attracted to me. They're attracted to these things that I read and these techniques. So while it's fun at first and you seem to be getting all these results, you become empty because you're realizing you're not even there. You're not in the equation. You're just a person reciting things and practicing skills that aren't you, right? So I think that was the whole thing of, of why the pickup scene has started to die over the years was just because guys weren't connecting with that and they weren't feeling like that was part of who they were. Therefore, who are these women attracted to? Boom, your self-esteem is shot once again, mm. right? So there you go. But yeah, let's get into it. Tell us some of these selling techniques, so to speak. And, and then whether you want to or I can also is kind of help and assist of how this also works with meeting women. Because at the end of the day, we are talking about the same thing. And that's why the metaphor is so strong and the parallels are so strong because we're just talking about persuasion in general. So there is elements that connect there and they don't have to be manipulative as I'm sure we're about to find out. Mm -hmm. but, the, but it's still the core essence. It still is persuasion whether you like it or not. Someone is going to connect and like you because of persuasion even if that's who you are you know, deep down. So I don't like the negativity around the word persuasion. It's just a technical term. That's my opinion. Not sure how you feel about it. I 100% agree. And what's fascinating is in this conversation, what I really want to be able to tell the people and support everyone listening here is actually before you even get to the techniques, I talk about five loves in selling and the techniques are going to be the last of the loves out here. And usually I keep another one for the last one. I want to bring it first given the topic here. But when I walk people through this framework, the last love that I speak about in sales is usually self-love. I know, I'm going to bring up the self-love. This might sound cheesy for some people, but I think at the core of everything that you're doing here, when you're in the sales process or your dating process, I think you're trying to create a feedback loop that lets you have an identity and, and an awareness of who you are and seeing that you're worthy of love. 
And I think anybody who wants to be out there dating, meeting a partner, having this recognition and understanding that you are worthy of love and there's foundational work that you want to be doing on yourself, whether these are self-care practices, whether it's finding support and help to you know reconcile your psyche as well. There's a lot of professionals that exist out there. And I know for myself, I've done some of the coaching. I've done some introspection. I've done some of the learning and went through practices that allows me to be more solid as me as an individual. Because I think one of the mistakes we make that keeps you in that kind of low energy, let's say, when it comes to going to find a partner or being in the sales process is yeah. you become, you feel like the results of what you do or the results of who you find is what will complete you. And this is a recipe for codependency and a recipe that now, guess what? If that person leaves you or that sale doesn't get completed, you are now incomplete. That's a terrible yep, place to lose. start. Yeah. So foundation one is the self-love, but what does that mean? And how do you start even building on that? So the other loves that I do are usually a process that I walk companies and individuals that are doing a sales process through because, you know, similar to Simon Sinek, if anybody's familiar with his work, start with why. The why is a really powerful thing to start with because it provides you all the marketing material that allows you to make a transaction. So if somebody is saying, you know, I can buy IT services from you, there's a ton of people that can do some IT services. But if you're the ones that can communicate a strong why you're doing what you're doing, such as you've seen a lot of waste, you're someone that doesn't like waste, you want to be able to fulfill IT services, you are connected with amazing people that do these IT services. So when you go into a company, you want to make them more efficient, you want to help them be able to scale, you want to help them be able to develop their technology because you think companies that can do this better allows them to make a better impact in the world. And this gives a clue as to how you can have that communication operate from a much higher level than just transaction. It makes you stand out for as a commodity. Now, if I translate this into the world of dating, this understanding the love of the impact you do is the first love I'd usually tell people to start with. Be in love with the impact of why you're selling. And if I put this into dating terms, is do you have any idea of what your ideal vision of what you want to get in a relationship for or you want to date for? And I think a lot of times we have no clue. <laughs> if you go out there, you have no clue. Like, what does it look like for yourself, your life in 20 years from now? And if you don't spend time with that, you know, especially the, you know, if you're interested in the female sex and, you, you know, you, haven't set yourself a vision of what you want to create, there's a lot of attraction that happens from women who see a man who knows what he wants and has a vision for his future. If you're someone who doesn't have that, you're not someone that seems like a likely partner because you don't even have your own life fixed together. Is this making sense? Yep. It does. It does. So, so to kind of summarize what this principle is, what do you call this? The, the, love the impact. And you know, when I do it for a business perspective, it's usually going to be about, hey, how do I know the impact I make for the, for the buyer? Like, what is it that you provide for the buyer? In this case, if someone is becoming your partner, what should they expect from you? So have you thought about what is it that you provide as a partner? Is it that, you know, oh, I'm looking for someone to, you know, spend my life with. I want to be able to travel the world. Maybe you, you want to settle down, have kids. You have a vision of sitting on a rocking chair and you want to be next to someone that you love holding hands. And this is going to be watching a sunset in a beautiful home that in a life, look back at a life that you've built together. Like, have you taken the time in the relationship category of your life to define what would that future with that partner look like? And again, I want to give a caveat here, Trip, because some people here might be saying, you know what? I have none of that vision. I see myself being Hugh Hefner in his 80s, still dating. Hey, if that's what you want, go for it. Just define it. 
so that whenever you get into communications with anybody, you can be very clear on what you want and what you don't want. And that's going to save you a lot of time and allow you to actually attract the kinds of people who resonate to the vision you even want to build. I like that. I like that. That's really good too. And also kids and family and all that, like you want to, you know, you got to know what it is that you want and what it is that you're looking for. And there is something very attractive about that when a man really knows what he's looking for. But even beyond that, you just have to know that or else why are you going into dating? Why are you going in there without knowing what it is you're looking for? It's going to be very hard to find it if you don't know what you're looking for in terms of the woman, in terms of the kind of relationship you want. So I like that. And I do give that advice to guys too. You got to start with knowing what it is that you're looking for, what you want. Get clear on that. Very cool. You know, it's funny. There's... um. So my girlfriend's Brazilian. She has this Brazilian friend who's a healer. She's in her late uh, late 20s and she's looking for a life partner. So she's very clear. She wants to have a life partner and she meets this guy. And I believe he's from Australia. The moment they meet, uh, apparently he's, they, they have a conversation. They have a connection, right? And what he says very shortly after they meet, he says, you know what? For me right now, my life is about surfing, screwing, and traveling. Those are the most important things in my life right now. And she, as she's telling us this story, she's like talking so good about this man. She's like, he's so amazing. I love him so much. He's so clear on what he wants. And she felt attraction to that. She's like, well, you know, we get to meet up once in a while and we hook up, but she knows she's not building something long term. And she's okay with that because he was very clear with her. Now, mm-hmm. instead, if he was a wishy-washy guy, like she maybe not even would have had an attraction to him, but just being clear on what you want in the moment. And I'm, I'm speaking particularly for your younger audience. Like, I'm not sure what age you are, Trip, but I'm, I'm in my early 30s. There's no way I was thinking about this in my early 20s. I was trying to figure it out. And that's also an okay answer if you're in your early 20s saying that you're trying to figure it out. Now, if you're 40 listening to this and you haven't figured out what you're trying to create in life, then you might want to start working on that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I'm in my mid-30s. I'm 36 or almost 36. And the guys listening to this podcast range anywhere from teens all the way to in their 50s. So a, a whole broad spectrum here of guys. But I do agree. You got to figure that out sooner than later. And even if you're in your 20s, I'd say just try to figure it out. I mean... That that should be the goal there. Even if you don't know, and that is an answer in itself, which is good, it's time to start thinking about it. Because if not now, then when? Exactly. So this is really good because actually once you have that, then imagine when you're having a communication with somebody, you can be honest about who you are. And again, that doesn't make you start with a technique. It starts with a foundation into your identity. So start with loving the impact. Like whatever it is you choose, a couple of things to keep in note, you can always change it a man can change his mind. You know, sometimes yep. we feel like we're supposed to be stubborn and whatever we pick is something we're supposed to stay to. No, you know, reassess if you see that your life situation has changed. And I know for COVID, probably that was the wake-up call you needed to make that pivot if necessary. So know that it can be changed, but just to make a choice and start walking. And this is the first love I would tell people. Like start being in love with that impact. So when you communicate with others, then you can be confident in what you decide to choose. And there's no right or wrong just like I mentioned, you can be that Hugh Hefner, you could be that old grandpa, but be clear and walk that path and then see if it brings you what you're looking for in life. Which at this point, I would tell people, if you've done a bit of this work, I would move over to the second love. And this one becomes very interesting. Cool. Let's hear it. 
love the buyer. Now, we're going to translate the terms here for your, for your audience, which is love the person you want to attract, love the partner. And what is the best way to express love? It's to understand. And so if you can spend time becoming clear on who is the partner you want to attract, this is going to be a foundational step to make before we go to the third love. But if you, do you have a vision of who is that perfect partner? Like, sure, you can, you, can, you, know, you can pick a 10 out of a picture of what you're physically attracted to, but try to understand what is a 10 of someone that is not a 2D image, but what is a 3D human being, ideal version of a partner you want to attract into your life. Like spend some time understanding, are they, are they introverted? Are they extroverted? Are they fiery? Are they calm? What is the type of person you want to attract into your life? And spend some time sketching that out. And the more you go into a space where you really map out everything that you want, like in the most grandiose of ways, you'll have to look at what are the emotions that are going to come into play the moment you start sketching out. You might be triggered a bit. You might be like, wow, am I being too demanding? Is this expecting too much? You're going to see a lot of different emotions that are going to come up. And most of these are going to relate to the first item, which was the self-love I spoke about. Matter of fact, most of everything we're going to do here is going to relate to the self-love, but you just don't want to admit it. So let's, let's not tap into that one. It's a little sensitive topic, I know. But once you start reaching an understanding of who's the type of person that you want, you want to start realizing like, who's the type of person this person would be interested in? That's the second part. So, you know, it's very easy trip to be like, yeah, I know I want to have a Victoria's Secret model. Like, that's it. I'm not going to compromise under anything else but that. Then the second part to understand is if this is the person you want, what's the kind of person they want? And now you start doing the opposite, which is understanding what their needs and wants are. So what would a Victoria's Secret model expect? Like, would you come up with some ideas here, Trip? A Victoria's Secret model probably wants a very successful guy. Mm-hmm a guy that is probably powerful in his position mm-hmm. and probably has a lot of his life handled. Mm-hmm. So he's probably a 10 on all of the different scales that you could be on. Mm-hmm. right? So she is showing her value because she is very attractive and also very famous. So there's a lot of value there. So she's going to want a guy who's a counterpart to that, who's probably successful. And like I said in charge of something or big somewhere, practically famous. Mm-hmm. That would be my guess. And I would say that's a pretty accurate guess. And hey, that's, that's fine. You know, some people might be like, oh my God, like that's so like, how come girls just want rich and powerful guys? Uh, because that's the value you provide in the masculine energy is we start actually exerting power. We actually have authority. We have our life together. And this is probably the best word I heard you say in that statement is you've got your life figured out. There's nothing more attractive for a woman than a man who knows his purpose, who knows where he's going, who knows what he wants. And you know, you often laugh about the stubborn old man, but a stubborn old man knows what he wants. And there's some grounding to that. When we're young, we're a little all over the place. So that's why typically some women will prefer older men because older men have more of an idea of where they are, where they're going. And that gives a lot of sense of stability, grounding, which is a big, a big part of the masculine energy. And so you're 100% right. Now, for anybody listening here, you might want, you know, I don't know if a Victoria's Secret supermodel is what you want because you'll realize what kind of person that is. Maybe it's more than the 2D that you've seen in the magazine, but I'd be more, you know, I'd be more careful in just sketching out what is the types of lifestyle this person works. Do you want someone that is active, that, that works out? 
Do you like people that drink and party? Do you like people that don't drink? Do you like someone that you know can have spiritual conversations, or do you add someone that's very career oriented? You know, these are the type of definers that you'd want to mark out about what you're attracted to, and then you can see on the reverse is what is that person going to want. But similar to the Victoria's Secret model example here, is they're always going to have these ideas that are going to be around able to have power, having things figured out, confidence. These are always going to be the top types of criteria that are going to come up no matter what partner you're looking to attract, because this is something that the female typically is very attracted to, is that confidence that comes from knowing what you're doing and working on it and always being on a state of growth, not being stagnant. And so this second love of love the buyer, I think is going to be very particular for people who are still not even sure about what they want to attract, then how are you going to be able to find it when you see it? So have a bit more of an idea of what you want to attract and then start seeing what is the type of person that person would be attracted to once you find it. What's the quick just one-two punch here in terms of what that means with selling? I'm just curious. Yeah. So for me, when I do it in a sales perspective, I would be like, okay, who's my target market? So let's say for me and my, it's very interesting. I do sales consulting, right? I go into companies and they, they hire me to come in and scale their, their sales operation. So as I work through this exercise, I explain what is my ideal customer. Well, for me, it's, it's, I, I do the dream exercise, which is similar to what we just applied in dating here. So I say my dream customer would be someone who just walks through the door, sees me, they understand, they know my brand, they recognize me. They're so excited about being able to work with me and they show me their business. Their business does great money. It's maybe in a seven-figure, early seven figures. And they just haven't been able to enable all of their sales practices. They've been stagnant. They're making comfortable, but they've never pushed themselves on a sales perspective. Now they're hungry. They want to bring someone in that can remove all the hesitation and make them confident about scaling their operations. They will be able to take every piece of advice that I give them and apply it instantly. Everything that I suggest, they will throw a budget at it and hire the right people so that the results get proven very quickly, very effectively. And by the end of us working together for two months, they're like, this has been the greatest investment I've ever made. That's the client I want. And I'll tell you something fascinating. And clearly, you know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you, know. you know what's funny is I do a workshop and I teach this and someone who didn't attend the workshop, like I had just reiterated it in my head. On the Monday, someone just booked me on the calendar who hadn't attended the webinar, just showed up and they were the exact person I described in the webinar. And I'm like, universe, come on. So there's this like magic that happens when you do this exercise is this person. It's the same as, you know, if you buy, let's say a Mustang convertible and you start driving it around, what is the number one car you're going to start noticing on the streets everywhere? Yep. The Mustang. The Mustang. So, and it's funny because I, I don't have a Mustang in Bali, but I have a scooter and I have a really nice big scooter. And there's two big types of scooters that drive in Bali. The NMAX is by Yamaha and the PCX by Honda. I had an NMAX and I felt that there was only NMAXs on the street. I just got myself a PCX and now guess what? Everybody's driving a PCX now. So as soon as I change bike, everybody change bike. What's going on here? Yep. Obviously, <laughs> reticular activation system is kind of that subconscious process that makes you notice the things that are more familiar. Get familiar with what that great, amazing idea of who that perfect partner is. And when they show up in your life, which for some reason magically seems to be sooner than later, You'll be able to notice it. I love it. Awesome. Very cool. Okay. These are great. Let's keep going. All right. So the I, I kind of combine the third or the 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 next step in the love process into this exercise because you know identifying that ideal partner is great, but I've also made you identify what is the type of thing that person would enjoy, would love. What would she be interested in that partner? 
The next love in the process is actually called love the product. Okay? So love the product. And this is where there's a lot of things that you'd want to apply from what you did in the previous step, which is now that you've gotten clear on who is that ideal person that you want to attract, what is the product that exists that this person would be looking to buy? Who are you? And this is where you want to work on the self and understand that who's the type of person that you need to become, because this is going to be the only thing that's within your control, is what is the type of person you decide to show up as to be attractive to the kind of person you want to bring into your life. Just like in a sales example is when I think of that ideal client, I think, well, what exactly would they be able to benefit from working with me? So to me, what I've done is I've realized, wow, this person would want to have fast result with reliable teams. So I understood that within the offering that I do, I want to have an alliance of agencies that solve multiple sales problems in a very rapid, effective way that is cost-effective and brings results in a reliable fashion. So that when I spoke to this, and it, it was an IT consultant, that's why I used this example earlier, is I said, great, well, we're going to need to solve your traffic problem and we're going to have to solve your conversion problem. So I have an agency that can get your SEO up. I have an agency that can get you featured on Forbes. I have an agency that can take care of your website and take care of all your copywriting. So every problem you have can be quickly identified and solved. And I get an idea of what product I can offer to this perfect client based on how I studied what is it that they would want if they are truly that perfect client. And so now, if we bring this into the dating world, what are these elements that you would need to work on to be the best product that you can be? And now you can start making a better list that's going to be action items that you can work on. So the question is, do you take care of yourself in the way that this person would expect a man to be able to take care of himself physically? Like, I think that's one of the best places to start. Like, and, and I'm going to throw it around. There's this lady I know in, in Bali. It's so interesting. She's so clear on the kind of man she wants. She's like, she looks at the, who's that, uh, that Aquaman character who plays Aquaman? Um, I want to say, is his name Jason? Yeah, I think his name is Jason. I should know this. You, sh- you should know that, yeah, Jason. Yeah, it's Jason. I think it's Jason Mraz or something. No, that's the, that's the no, singer no, that's guy. The, yeah, <laughs> no, this is... Um, Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa. All right. So her ideal... Also Game of Thrones. Yeah. There we go. So the the ideal man for her is a Jason Momoa. She wants a giant, rough-looking, bearded, masculine man with a six-pack. And she's like, oh, when I think of that, it's just like what type of man she wants. And then that's great. That's great to have this vision. The person's been single for the entire year. It hasn't been with any man that I know of because herself is not the Victoria's Secret model. And this could be a bit discriminatory being like, well, yeah, but maybe, you know, she's a bit more round, uh, but she's also, you know, I, I, I'd have to say she's probably not acting like a queen, a queen that a king would demand of a woman. So I, I want to give this example as a flip side because it's the, this over expectation based on where you currently stand also happens from the female side. And so as a man as well, I like this physical aspect first because it, you know, it's, first of all, taking care of your health is a great, you know, strong thing to take control of yourself, to be able to be in the best shape as you want and make you more attractive and feel more attractive because all the endorphins goes out. So then, okay, imagine the type of woman that you want to attract. What's the type of physical body that you would have as a type of person that would be with this person? Are you working towards that? Are you putting these schedules in place? Are you being someone that is so clear on what they want in their health and fitness? Because guess what? Being a healthy man who will live for a long time is an attractive feature because if you're smoking, dying, overweight, coughing, I mean, coughing, God forbid, during these times is definitely not the most appealing (laughs) feature that you could have. You got to shape, get that in shape. But I think even 
even more than the physical side is really on the character side. You know, like what, what are the values? Are you clear on the values you stand for? Do you have the kind of values that would be admired by this person? And this is where I'd want to throw a bit of a caveat trip, which is, you know, as much as you're doing all these exercises based on this, you know, process of identifying what that other person wants, these are all exercises you should be doing for yourself. Yeah. All right. Like it's, it's nice that now you have a motivation because you want to find this ideal partner, but you should realize that it shouldn't rely on the ideal partner for you to be able to do all these things that help you improve your character, your health and fitness, maybe finding yourself more in tune with your emotions, maybe finding yourself a spiritual anchor that allows you to make sense of this world that we're in. I mean, I remember at least till I was in my late twenties to me, it was like, maybe there's a God, maybe there's not, who cares? And we're on this life and we're going to live it till we die. And, you know, it kind of took away a bit of significance of this experience we have on the planet. And I decided to dive into identifying what is my spiritual side so that I could have some answers to questions such as what happens after death? What's the purpose of living? These are all fantastic conversation points. And imagine you're meeting this woman that you're like, you want to have a woman that's grounded, that's amazing. And she asks you like, what do you think the purpose of life is? And you're like, nah, I don't know. And I don't care. Like, right. <laughs> Not, not, not very cool. Not very cool. So like, ask the hard questions, dig into your own psyche, figure out all these aspects. And I think the more you get clear on yourself, the more you'll have to offer to any partner you bring into your life. I like that. I like that. So getting clear on what you want, getting clear on who you are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, this is very good. Okay, what's the next one? We're on the last one now. So we started with understanding that all of this has to do with self-love. We talked about being clear on the impact, which is what's the vision that you want to bring into the life that you're living and what does the partner's part play and look like as you define this vision. Then we went into identifying who would be this ideal partner that is part of your vision and describing them very thoroughly. And now we just went into understanding what is the type of person this ideal partner would be attracted to and start putting action steps on how you can continuously improve, have better habits and be that ideal person. The last one is usually where everybody starts, which is love the process. This is where you bring the techniques. And this is where I'd really want to preface the fact that these techniques work regardless. We've talked about it earlier in the podcast, but once you've done the foundation of these loves we've just talked about, then not only will these techniques work, but they'll actually be able to attract and you'll have what you actually want. See, if you learn these techniques, then you're just, you know, spreading gun shells all over the place, not knowing what you're going to hit, which is a terrible example, but I couldn't think of anything else on the spot, but you're not having any aim as to what you want. And so of course, you're going to have a lot of disappointments. Of course, you're going to waste a lot of time and it's probably not going to bring you the fulfillment you expect it to bring you. But if you've done the work on those first three things about the impact, the buyer and the product, then now, yes, Go and get that style coach so you can look the best. Yes, go and learn the techniques that you can communicate so that if you happen to walk across that ideal person, they're not going to say, wow, he's awkward and weird or even worse, not even approaching them because you don't know how to open up. Like This is where all these techniques that you've learned in pickup artistry and in dating niches, this is when they all come into play and they should come into play. It's like when I talk about sales processes for people, they're like, well, I'm not someone who likes to close hard. I'm like, are you kidding? You maybe don't want to close hard, but that's you being selfish because you choose comfort over conversion. And if you're clear on the impact, 
you know who you serve and you have a great product and they happen to walk in front of you and you're going to be able to change their lives. You're going to be able to actually solve major problems in their life and you're too comfortable to use the language that is necessary for them to understand the value that you provide. That's not, that's not being humble. That's being cowardice. And I would say you should know that the language that you speak in the process of selling is actually you showing empathy to solving their problem. And it is not manipulation. And the fine line is this, you've done the work on the first three steps. And if you've done it, then go out there, be confident and use the techniques necessary for you to find what you need in your life. Very cool. Like the ones in the How to Talk to Girls podcast. Boom. That's why you're (laughs) listening here. Everything here is amazing. (laughs) And I'm hoping that at least through this conversation, you realize that there's some things you can work on yourself and get more clear and then continue using all of these things because this is great. It opens up more conversations and allows you to meet the right person. Totally. I love it. Yeah, Jason, those foundational principles are crucial. And a lot of guys, they don't start there because that's just not where their head is. So they jump to finding the lines, the techniques whatever it may be. And inevitably, you come back to the foundation. So you don't choose it. It chooses you (laughs) if you don't go there first, right? Like It's always going to come back down to what you want, who you want, how you feel about yourself, your self-esteem, everything that goes along with that. So I like that you're spreading the word that, hey, let's start with that first because it's going to come back there anyways. And this is the the real core stuff that's going to help you become the most successful, whether in selling, whether in dating, whether in selling yourself and trying to get a job, whatever it is that you're, that you're working on, it can really apply to a lot of things. So I think this was very cool. Very cool. Thanks, Trip. So yeah. you work mostly with women? Um, well, my audience is probably like 70% women. Um, but you know, I've had contracts with both sexes. I just see that you know, I think having the word love in the process uh, attracts more female clients. It uh, does. It, it just, I will have more female clients, but I'll have male clients that are more willing to transact. So my conversion rate on a man is very high. If someone has resonated with the message of selling with love and they reach out to me on Instagram or on LinkedIn, they, they're already like, okay, you know, this is what I've been needing because they've usually tried everything else. Like, and this is really maybe something I want to leave with the audience as well, which is, you know, when I speak about self love, I, I like quoting the ideas from uh, The Four Agreements, which is a, an amazing book from Don Miguel Luis. And one of the agreements they talk about is always do your best. And I, I want to leave that as a caveat because even if you did start with you know the processes of selling and you've done the douchey ways of selling or picking up women, you know that's, that's your journey. And you did your best based on what you knew at that point. Just like when someone approaches me and they're like, yeah, I've tried sales techniques or I've, I've sweared off sales techniques after I've tried them and didn't feel good about it. It's always coming back to the fact that, guess what? No matter where you were, you made those decisions that the information you had at that time. You're always doing your best. And so, you know, we'll label some shame and guilt on ourselves just because we didn't do it the right way or not. There is no right or wrong way. There's just progress. And so the more you learn and the more you decide to apply some different techniques, see what works, you're doing your best. And if, guess what? You want to stay in bed and take it easy today, that's also your best and you're recharging. But I think once you start realizing that everything you do is your best, then you can find true inspiration on, okay, if I do want to do my best, I don't need to do it in kind of a fight against some sort of shame that I'm not doing enough. You can come from a place of genuine self-love and being like, okay, now how can I do it? In, not in spiteness, but in inspiration. And it just makes you come from a better energy. So 
yeah, that's that's why I love working with people, man. Cool. Awesome. Well, I can tell you're very talented at just the way that you've been describing it and the way that you feel about it. The energy comes off even through the screen. So this is some cool stuff, man. Really enjoy it. And I, I'll be honest with you, I was hesitant to have you on the podcast because it wasn't, I didn't see the connection right away. You know, I mean, I always knew that sales and dating have a parallel. I mean, I, I even use terminology in my on, in my online dating course. That's the same terminology you would use for sales, like the closing. word leads. <laughs> leads, closing. Uh, closing, yeah. I use closing too, <laughs> right? I, Opportunities. I closing a lot. <laughs> yep. So it's like the same thing. But I was like, ah, I'm not sure. I don't know what this is going to be about. But I gave it a shot because something was there. Intuition spoke, I guess. There we and, go. And uh, my intuition was right. I'm glad we had you on and, and we spoke about this. And this was really cool stuff. And and just super applicable. And and I just always enjoy learning about this in such a different way, which is why I have people like you here on the podcast. So thank you very much. Thanks for having me, Tritt. It was a pleasure to come with you. Yeah. So where can guys find you if they want to follow you, see what you're up to? Maybe they're like, hey, I need to get better at sales. Forget this dating thing for a second. This guy seems to know how to sell. Where can they find you if they want to work with you? Yeah, I'd say the easiest thing is either uh, LinkedIn or Instagram. And I'd encourage your, your listeners, if you've liked this, you know, it's Jason Mark with a C Campbell. So J-A-S-O-N-M-A-R-C-C-A-M-P-B-E-L-L. Um, send me a direct message. I actually have a cheat sheet on how you can apply these five loves. So you can actually just see how you can check yourself. It's kind of like a self-audit sheet. And if one of these things aren't clear, then you know you need to go find the answers. Send me a direct message. Ask for it. I'll send it to you. No, no free, like free of charge. I don't even need to opt in. I'll just send it to you as an image and you can start using right away. Cool. All right. So we'll put that info in the show notes so guys can contact you. Jason, awesome to have you on. And thank you very much again. It was a pleasure. Thanks, Trip.